0: Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two,
1: one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans.
0: Welcome to FanStream Sports.
2: Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP,
1: it is so good
2: to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. Alright, welcome in to another edition of the JP Peterson here show here. On this Tuesday, man, we got tons of news. Oh my god. There are huge stories everywhere. We're going to break down the Live Golf PGA Tour merger. Actually, there's not a whole lot of uh, news and details on how that whole thing's going to work out, but they're <laughs> just the reaction to what happened is is freaking priceless. And uh, just moments ago, uh, it's still not actually official, but a lot of different outlets are, are now reporting that the greatest soccer player in the world is going to sign with one of the worst professional teams in the world <laughs> in miami the miami uh mls team what do they call that i don't even know what they call it inter miami inter miami inter miami yep oh wow that's nice um i can't believe lionel messi is going to turn down a billion dollars to come play for miami in the mls boy david beckham is one handsome fella <laughs> And uh, evidently he's got, he's got some type of power, some type of Jedi mind, Jedi mind trick working on Messi here. I don't know what the hell's going yeah. on there, but we'll dig into that. Uh, the Rays get a big win last night, seven to nothing, displaying an athleticism that is just uncanny. Really, <clears throat> we're going to look at the Rays um, through a different lens today. At least I am. Uh, throw some things out there to you. Um, the the uh, Bucks were at OTAs yesterday. Tristan Wirfs talked about playing left tackle, and I think he was speaking to guys like me who were like, yeah, the guy's an all-world. He's a he's a Marvel character. He's a superhero. He can do whatever he wants. You put him anywhere, he'll be able to block people. He, he doesn't he doesn't think that's that's easy." JP, like, shut the hell up. It's not that easy. I think it is for you. But um, I wouldn't think it'd be easy for mere mortals, but for you, Tristan, you know, I just have confidence that you can do it. But we'll listen to some of his um, sound from yesterday, so lots to get into today as we uh, kind of go through uh, the show today. If you guys want to jump in, you can always do that on uh, our YouTube channel. Just go to the JP Peterson Show on YouTube, you can comment there on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram as well, anywhere on the social media as you want to go, so um, do you guys want to start with this with this messy news? Because this is the biggest news in MLS history, American soccer history. Is it fair to say that, that this is the biggest news in American soccer history, that a player of this caliber would be coming to play in Miami in the MLS? Good morning to you, Nick. Intern Nick is here as well, he who's a big soccer guy who's going to – Uh, fill us in as well
3: well I mean David Beckham in 07 he came to LA Galaxy I believe he was 30 going on 31 at the time so he was still like at the tail end of the prime right you'd be considered and that was a really big deal if you recall Mm -hmm. he put the MLS on the map David Beckham did Uh, but Lionel Messi even though he might be 35 years old going on 36 he's coming off winning a World Cup right He's coming off a season where he led PSG to a championship in their in their French division, right? One of the best teams in the world. He is still Lionel Messi. So this is why this is so unprecedented. There's never been a player coming in his prime like this, of this caliber, obviously into this league. I mentioned it yesterday. The MLS has kind of lost this lure, or allure, rather, because Saudis paying these crazy salaries. To the Cristiano Ronaldo's of the world, who previously said he wanted to come to the MLS and retire there. Mm-hmm. Benzema, who I mentioned yesterday, his deal's now official. He's going to Saudi Arabia, which is like three years, $600 million.
2: Now, this Saudi uh, league, is it of no. note? It's no. not of note at all, right? No,
3: the MLS is, a, kinda, better, this is, kinda, the MLS is a better league than the Saudi. Can,
2: I, can I just like, say, you know, why are the Saudis screwing up our sports here? Why are they screwing up our sports? They, you know, we're going to talk about the live golf thing, mm-hmm. and now they're screwing up. Is, is there a groundswell of soccer people like you're taking away the great players from the established leagues that we've watched for many, many years that make these leagues great, and then you're just just buying them to come to Saudi. Nobody, nobody
3: likes it. Nobody no, likes no, it. Nobody likes it at all. And and even, in fact, even Messi coming to America, while it's great for us and it's cool, and he, especially in the state of Florida, but nonetheless, he's going to be yeah. playing four hours away from us, yeah. which is really cool. I think most soccer fans would have told you they would have liked to see him gone back to Barcelona, who really wanted him back and opened the door because the way he had to exit there was really messy. no obviously. Well done. Uh, and... It seemed like that was going to be a reunion but I guess he's going to come to Miami and that's a good thing for the MLS. They need some spark especially the fact that they're kind of invisible right now because they're they're kind of on Apple TV. Right. With this whole deal, you don't see as many games anymore. You no, don't hear about it. No, you don't see it. any games. This is put, I didn't even
2: know the MLS schedule was going this on. This is going to
3: put this on the map, and potentially some of these other networks will maybe try to steal a game or two, put it on national TV. Te- I don't know how these things work, but I'm sure there will be a demand So MLS for
2: is exclusively on Apple TV now? On they Apple TV. don't have TV. any ga- games on ESPN?
3: I, I think here and now, I think I might have seen this a week ago or two weeks ago, you might see a game here and there on like Fox. Like here and there. What? But other than that, everything is on Apple TV that was their exclusive deal that they signed.
2: Nobody's going to I, I don't, see when you bring in a player like messi I'm, I don't, I don't know, pretend to know anything about you know the MLS deal and everything I'm just talking about from the general sports fan okay from, from a general sports fan you bring in a player like Messi, you better have a platform that is going to flood the market with not just messi's games but with the entire MLS like this has to impact the whole league much like. Um, Beckham did when he came to LA. Yeah. And as as Nick pointed out here, um when Pele came to play for the New York Cosmos. I remember that growing up in Fort Lauderdale, we had the strikers and when Pele and when Pele came to play in Lockhart Stadium, you know, back in 1981 or whatever the hell it was, 1980, that was crazy, you know? Um uh, and the, and the biggest stars in the world were coming and playing in the in the um uh North American Soccer League but not for long and always at the end of their careers, you know? So, um, I I, I, that seems really weird to me. Apple TV is not that big. Like every, there's not a lot of people that have, I mean, what's, what's the Apple TV market share? It's certainly not like Netflix.
3: I mean, I thought people only used Apple TV for like Ted Lasso. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't have Apple TV. I've never had it. I don't watch Ted Lasso. I
2: get it. I got it free with my T-Mobile for a while, but I, you know, I, and I, you know, I, I think I'm the only sports fan that's not a big fan of Ted Lasso. I think it's extremely cliche, but whatever. Uh, other people love it, so I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not. If I watch the first three episodes, I'm like, eh. So it, it, you know, maybe gets better after that. But um, I, I so I don't. No, I don't have Apple TV. I just don't think it, none of this really adds up to me as a, as a as a casual soccer fan, a casual. I wouldn't even call me a casual MLS fan, to be honest with you. I, 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 don't, I can't remember the last time I is, watched an MLS game, and I'm certainly not going to purchase Apple TV to watch Messi play.
3: It is fascinating, though, like the whole the logistics of it. Like I said, he's leaving a team in PSG who is routinely, they win the French League every year. He could have gone back to Barcelona, and Barcelona. even you would say you know Barcelona. Yeah, of course. Everybody knows that. It's one of the the, best clubs in the world. The
2: big clubs, you know, I know know of PSG, Barcelona, Atlanta, those those type teams.
3: Yeah, and and even in Saudi, I throw them in in there because of the sheer amount of money that they offered him. He is going, I can't stress this enough, there are 29 teams in the MLS right now. They are 26 right now out of 29, and they are bottom in the Eastern Conference into Miami. I can't stress this enough: how bad this team is that he is gonna join, right? In Miami, none of
2: this sounds (laughs) right
3: at all. Usually, when these guys come over to the MLS, most of the really good players that were in Europe that are coming over for their retirement, they always go to LA Galaxy or they go to LAFC. Right. That's usually how it goes because they want to be in LA, the limelight. Now, Miami, we talk about that all the time. is kind of like the LA of this side of of the country, correct? Right. So there's and he has the natural connection to David Beckham. Miami seems like a place that he would love, like Messi kind of fits his kind of lifestyle, so it's perfect for him and maybe that's all it's about, honestly. Yeah, yeah. At this point, the yeah, guy's got nothing money. the yeah, guy's got nothing money. else to win. Right. And he's got no need for any type of money whatsoever. So mm-hmm. even a billion over two years, I think he just didn't want to go out like that. I think right. he's a big legacy guy too. Yeah. I think he takes it very serious and him taking the money over there. And again, I say, cut your own deal, whatever. That's fine. But him doing it and having his career end in a league like that, I don't think that was ever what Lionel Messi wanted to do.
2: But to end it in a league like the MLS, I mean, as you, if you were ranking leagues, where does the MLS fall? But behind all of it's the five, it's still well ahead of major, the Saudi you, league. Yeah, yeah. But how many of the major? You know, you got Premier, you got La Liga, you got uh, Syria, uh, Syri- Syria. Um, so all the what are those five?
3: There's the, there's the big five, Bundesliga, the big five, right. German one.
2: So you would rank MLS six?
3: Probably not. No, not like even the Dutch league. I think goes ahead of that. All right, there you go. There's a couple other leagues in there that go. At, MLS is probably somewhere in that ten, in that ten range. Yeah, I'll put them somewhere in there, ten to twelve.
2: That's, and then there is the fact that the Beckham is building this humongous project in Miami. It's a ten billion dollar. Uh, real estate development uh, anchored by the Inter Miami Soccer Stadium. Yeah, that seems to be the only thing that I'm thinking. Okay, this 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 that part of it makes sense. You need a star draw. You know, if Beckham's not not it enough in terms of the business side, maybe a, you need a star draw player. This is what you do. And he's, oh, people of Miami are going to go. This is going to yeah, be crazy. And, and look at the state. And even, of, even like uh, we could extend that to all the soccer fans in the state of Florida. I think every, you know, my my uh, my, uh, my girlfriend's son, Messi's his favorite player. We're going to be like, okay, we're going to a game. I
3: know. And I'm, I was just going to say yeah, that I know the I know now. the tickets are going to be crazy expensive. But like, I'm going to want to have to go see a game. Or what if they're playing Orlando? Yeah, when they plan, for, come to Orlando, <laughs> come to City. Orlando City, this yeah. is going to help the this is going to help the league. Yeah, and every game that Messi's playing. Every fan base is going to want to come out and see this. This oh, is a absolutely. different breed
2: yeah. of player. It'll, it'll, if he, I don't even know how the divisions work. Will he play twice in Orlando? Do they get one home game with he Miami? He should play, yeah,
3: because they're both in the East for sure. So they, he'll play twice in Orlando. So he should play Orlando. one in home and one well, away.
2: Right away, if you're Orlando, your season tickets go through the roof because you get two games with Messi. So Orlando's tickets go through the roof. Anybody who plays Miami two times, season tickets go through the roof. So, yeah, it boosts the entire league. There's no question about that. Um, but, you know, the Apple TV thing is kind of weird. It's a little
3: funky. They yeah. might need to rework yeah. that They'd, a little yeah, bit for this they may have guy. to
2: rework that. So. And, and they probably will. I, I think they'll spot- But Apple TV will be going, hell no. But he, you tell me he's going to get a slice of the Apple TV subscription. Yeah, he's going
3: he's to get a slice of the Apple TV revenue that he generates for it. And he's going to generate, uh, or he's going to get. A percentage of the money that he generates through Adidas, through yeah. the sales of the jerseys and all that kind of stuff as well.
2: Yeah. Um, Messi is so popular, uh, when the news broke, it was living his current team, PSG, they lost around 2 million Instagram followers.
3: Yeah, that did happen. PSG P- lost 2 million Instagram followers two days ago when all these reports started filtering out. Well, people, they're mad. No, this is this is the effect that Messi has. Like, he's so popular just as a singular player. Like
2: I, they don't, people, So they're not even fans of the team. Just no, 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 no.
3: They're just fans of Messi, and they flocked wow. over to him, and that's the impact. The same thing happened with Ronaldo uh, and, and Manchester United. The same thing happened. They lost, like, 5 million followers when he left.
2: Yeah. Uh, Richie P says, uh, bring up the old North American Soccer League, NASL. And I actually saw Pele at the old Sombrero back in the rowdy days. Yeah, I saw him at... Uh, Lockhart Stadium, where I played high, some high school football games. Pele played on that, that field as well. And they had uh, uh, Beckenbauer played for a while. Uh, the, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, who I was a huge fan of. Um, had, I'm trying to think of some of these names. Gerd Mueller. Um, Rodney Marsh, obviously, playing for the Rowdies. I'm surprised
3: you know these names. You yeah. brought, I, can, I did not have you knowing who Franz Beckenbauer was. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, that's back in, in the NASL days, baby, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so the Cosmos were, they were a big drop. They were, they were packing 80,000 in the old Meadowlands back in the day. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what effect this has on, on MLS. But if I'd have told you a year ago that Messi's going to play in the MLS and in Miami. I never just believed a, it. You would have laughed me out I, of
3: it. I remember when I was in college still, we were hearing these like kind of like reports that one day Messi's going to come to America and he's going to play for Miami. I never believed it. Yeah, I just never believed it. He seemed like a guy that was going to go out on top in Europe, but... How about two goats, man? Two of the, the goats of their respective sports come into play in the state of Florida.
1: That's pretty How lucky crazy, are huh? we? And, Miami, and by the way,
3: we, we rip on Miami a lot, but I can't deny. They're almost overtaking us here as the hub of sports, no?
1: Well.
2: <laughs> they're getting they pretty did, close. Yeah. We, they're kind of emulating our run.
3: They really are. I mean, star power is crazy right now.
2: They haven't won shit yet.
3: No, they got a. <laughs> they're both the underdogs in yeah, their series right now. It's been a while.
2: It's been a while. Yeah, so they, it's nice to host these championships, win something. It's true. Win something, and I, I still hate to say this, but if the Dolphins are a long way away from winning a Super Bowl. They ain't winning a Super Bowl with Tua.
3: Probably not. No, unless
2: he stays healthy, which is.
3: Oh, maybe his little jiu-jitsu jiu- training <laughs> that he's doing. Did you see that? That they, make him any
2: taller or you, heavier? You
3: see that? They're having all the quarterbacks go through like jiu like training during training camp and all that right now. Really? Or OTAs, rather. And they're teaching them how to fall the right way and this kind of stuff. Really? As if any of this Who's is the going...
1: <laughs>
2: Giselle's boyfriend? Oh, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's busy in Costa Rica. Um... Yeah. By the way, did you see the video of Bryce Young that I put up on my Instagram? Yes photo? I did.
3: <laughs> yes, I did.
2: That was so disrespectful. But funny as shit. That was hilarious. Come on. Come on. You gotta laugh at that.
3: He looked a little he looked a little thin there. <laughs> he looked he, he looked a little thin, I'm not gonna lie.
2: Well he showed up at the Combine at two oh four when he played at one hundred eighty five all the time in Alabama <laughs> and that you know, he's just tiny. The dude is tiny.
3: Right. Yeah, trying not to buy into Good luck. The, I'm trying not to buy into the OTA reports, but you hear all the stuff about Stroud is that he's like super mature and the way he's handling it and like he's blowing everybody away. Dalton Schultz is saying things about him that he never said about Dak Prescott. Like about who? About CJ Stroud. Really? Yeah, CJ Stroud is getting a lot of praise from the Texans and Dalton Schultz. Yeah. And that was why that was a big story yesterday because they were like, Well, he never said this about Dak. And Now he's saying about CJ's <laughs> Stroud. Oh, stop! Stop! <laughs> Typical Earth. off-season fodder. Yeah, right
2: exactly. Let's let the games <laughs> begin before we start all this stuff. Um, all right, so let's. That, that is, if you guys want to comment on Messi and that whole thing, I, I think it is absolutely fascinating. I'll be interested to see where the where the waves ripple to this and how it works. But I, you know, I guarantee you, we will go see a messy game probably at Orlando City because getting tickets in Miami is going to be next to impossible. Uh, and, and a new Nick Nick, the intern, you can make your debut here, partner, if you want to pick up your your uh, uh, your mic right there and you're telling me they're building uh, they already they just built a stadium for Miami where the old Lockhart stadium was
0: yeah, on the same grounds they built a new stadium you know I showed you the picture earlier yeah. I want to say 2019 I can look that up later, but it's like they built it they are still going to use it because that is like where their headquarters is, and they do plan to use it as their training stadium, and I think they are going to continue to use the stadium. Uh, for, like, their development mental team. Like, that'll be their home place. But still, they are trying to build, like, that new stadium, which I do kind of get because it's, like... So, Messi's
2: good, but that stadium looks like a very temporary stadium. Yeah, like, it looks
0: temporary, but at the same time, I'm like, if you were going to build a new stadium, why didn't you just build it there? But at the same time, I do kind of get it because I'm pretty sure the new one is supposed to be, like, closer to, like, you know, the main populace of Miami. So, it's, like... Yeah, it's part of that big redevelopment. Yeah, it's, like, you want to get closer to, like, where the money is and out of Fort Lauderdale, not that I... Don't like Fort
2: Lauderdale is well, a more it's a more uh, central location, but right. for MLS, how many home games did they play? Like 20, twenty, eighteen, twenty. I play a lot, games? like yeah, it is, it's like probably
3: around. Like, starting in like November, yeah, because usually it's about thirty-five to forty games a year. Yeah, so, so a, half of yeah, that, so, and, yeah,
0: and, so. and that's not even including like all the preseason or like
3: US Open Cup yeah.
0: tournaments they play. So like,
3: yeah, and this would be a big deal too because in the summertime, there's a lot of teams from Europe, the big ones, they come over and they do their summer tours right. in the US, like uh, Barcelona. Uh, Juventus and Real Madrid are coming over to Orlando.
0: to Yeah, play and that's a, game. a really
3: big deal. Real Madrid and Juventus yeah. playing in
0: Orlando. Manchester
2: United has never played in Raymond James Stadium.
3: They won't even come to Florida. I wanted to go. Man and City
2: came to Orlando <laughs> yes,
3: <yesterday. laughs> but that's oh, what this me. is. Chelsea
0: and Arsenal they came to yeah, Orlando last they, year. This
3: always happens. It's coming now this year, but this is going to be a big deal. These teams are going to come over. Guess who they're going to want to play now? Miami. They're going to want to play Miami, Miami and it's going to be a big money-making machine.
0: I mean, like we've already seen a preview that, like I believe if it was a few years ago, Barcelona came to play a. Uh, Exhibition preseason game at Michigan at Michigan Stadium in Ann Arbor, and they sold that place out. A preseason game, but people just showed up just so they could go see Messi. Now you're going to see games that like actually have like some
2: implications. So like, who knows what's going to happen? Like, does MLS have a salary cap? And, and uh, my point being, there'll be a lot of players that want to play with Messi. I, I don't uh, go- yeah, want to come. Yeah.
3: No, the, the way soccer works, it's all about who the owner is. For the most part right and yeah. it's a, it's it's not a meritocracy it's it's hard to get into, but
0: the MLs is so interesting because they also have like this like designated player rule, which is like how like you see some of these clubs like get you know these international players like David Beckham was the first example right. of that that's how like I'm pretty sure that's how I don't know if he was a designated player or not but that's how laFC got Gareth bale last season like it's it's kind of too complicated to go into and I need all these notes, but all I will say to the listeners is just look it up and you know yeah. see what happens
2: so you can so I mean just just ask is it Something where all these players are going to come want to play with Messi. They'll be good players They'll, because they don't have a whole lot of money. Oh yeah, think. Not, Here, not not to, to compare with some of these other Premier Leagues. I wanted to get it
3: right by <laughs> the way. They do have a. They indeed do have a salary. They cap. do have a salary. Okay. MLS. Yeah, that's what they might have. It's yeah. very small. This is actually a smaller number than I was expecting. It the, the salary cap is five point two million. What? I can't. I'm, be right. I'm reading that. I'm. I'm I mean, <laughs> I had double-check it.
2: But I mean, for, I guess that makes sense. Like, they the don't make team? as much money. For the, for the entire team?
0: Yeah. Amy. Yeah.
2: That can't be right. 5.2 so okay, million? Okay, looking at it.
0: Maybe. But, like, listen, with Messi coming up, like, I, I was saying before the show, like, I can only imagine how much this is going to do for both Inter-Miami and the MLS's entire value. Like, that thing's going to skyrocket. And if that skyrockets, I will – you, you, you got to expect that that salary cap's going to go up.
2: Yeah, you would think. Yeah, that's weird. I, they got to be making more than that that's and messi alone that's, that's his per diem yeah. <laughs> that's,
0: yeah. that's, like, that's the one thing like messi could have got more money but at the same time it's like that dude is so rich like he he's fine like he doesn't need any more money you know.
2: all right well that's uh that's that's another earthquake story uh that has happened this week and you know pga tour live thing broke yesterday um so uh, before we get into that i want to Go back to a little local stuff here with the Rays last night because, you know, it's kind of another ho hum win for the Rays or what now forty four and nineteen they beat Minnesota who's you know they're they're the top of the Central Division barely over five hundred, but the way they did it last night seven to nothing uh, Eflin going out there pitching six and two thirds dominant, but I wanted to look at the Rays through this lens of their athleticism today, and I look at this team and I see you know. Luke Rayleigh, who we, we kinda of was a, a punchline last year. Was he not? Yep. He's just it was a, a punchline. We we even talked about it in the off season. We're like we're like, oh man, I, I like is he really we're we gonna Luke Raley's gonna be our big left handed bopper. Like seriously? What a joke. And now I'm looking at this guy hitting four hundred know, and fifty foot bombs, uh, denting the, the the center field uh stanchion there and yeah. and, and, and I'm looking at his six foot four I think he's listed at like 6'4, 235 pounds. He runs like a freaking deer. Um, You look at Josh Lowe. Josh Lowe is 6'3, 210 pounds, who also runs like a deer and has prodigious power. Series, what, 6'2, 210? He runs like a freaking deer. I mean, they got running. these These guys are like running backs, outside linebackers that are playing baseball and you know Taylor Walls is small but he's incredibly athletic Wander Franco is a is an athletic freak i mean these guys when you look at them you're like holy shiz this this team is it's not just athletic it's off the charts athletic the the combination of power and speed that these guys bring to the table they look you you would think it like of of the Bronx Bombers you know the Yankees or the Dodgers or even the Padres with as much money as they spend like they would have this collection of just unbelievable athletes and you know it's the Rays now that said oh well let's look at these new rules that are going to emphasize speed and coverage in the outfield not being able to shift you know more contact more action in the game well, let's get better athletes get better athletes holy shit look at these guys these guys are physical freaks and they're showing that ability I mean, when you look at the fact that the Rays lead the league in home runs, and if I'm not mistaken, they also lead the league in stolen bases. Like, when when is the last time in the history of Major League Baseball you saw a team lead the league in home runs and also lead the league in stolen bases? Like, I don't think that's ever happened in the history of the league. And it just speaks to the power... And the speed of this team, they're 30 for 30 of their last 30 stolen bases. I don't know what happened last night if they got a stolen base last night. But, I mean, I'm looking at this team, and I'm like, wow. Not only are they really productive and really good, but once again, the Rays may have changed baseball in terms of, you know, we're going to get the best athletes. And I think it was, um, intern Nick, you sent me that video of uh, Xavier Isaac. Yeah. Who's 19 years old, right? Mm -hmm. I remember when they drafted him, he was a chubby he was like a chubby kid, right? Remember that? We're, we're kind of laughing. Yeah, I remember like you, were, you were making fun of him. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I looked at the video you sent me the Look other day. Look at him now. He's, free. he's like the Hulk. He's got this big upper body. He's trim, and he's just mashing the ball at 19 years old.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, first of all, the, the video I sent you at the home run was, like, incredible. Like, And whoever, like, sent the tweet out, he was marveling at it. But I don't know, like like are you even surprised at this point like how successful has the Ray's farm i mean race farm system been recently like they've just been producing all these good players so i mean i i would think they'd have something to do with how uh how much he's muscled up
2: yeah well the Rays have typically not drafted well um They've gone and made a lot of great trades to get a lot of their talent, but they're starting True. to draft well now. They are starting to draft that, well. They're yeah. adding that to their arsenal. It's
3: player player development is so important when yeah. it comes mm-hmm. to this this whole equation, especially when they're working with the the budget that they're working with. It's not. It's to me. It's not just money ball. It's player development. Yeah, that oh, yeah. I think I would yeah. call what the Rays do so well. And to the point about the speed and the power and the timely hitting, it's. It seems like every game they win, it's a different. It's a different way every single time.
2: Yeah, they, they can beat you so they, many different ways. They can ways. beat
3: you every single way. There's no defense for it, it seems like, with these teams. they You make a mistake, the smallest mistake, they make you pay right away. Uh, I mean, they didn't even hit a home run in the month of July, and they they broke through yesterday. They still lead baseball Junior. in home runs. Yeah. Uh, Luke Rayleigh, he's fourth, by the way. I, I saw this yesterday. He's fourth in all of baseball in... WRC Plus, wins run created plus, right? Right. Which is like the best stat to judge a hitter by. Listen to the list on there. Aaron, fourth. Yeah, fourth, fourth. Behind Aaron Judge, Yandi Diaz, shout out to him, Jordan Alvarez, Ronald Acuna. That's the five. Luke Rayleigh is in the same discussion as Aaron Judge, Jordan Alvarez, and Ronald Acuna Jr. How much is Luke making? 727000 <laughs> If I recall.
2: <laughs> How much is Aaron Boom? I mean, Aaron Judge-Maker. $40 million?
3: $40 $40 million.
2: Wow. Yeah, listen to this. So the Rays offense, slugging percentage, 476, rank first. OPS, 817. This is as a team. First. Homers, 103. First. Stolen bases, 82. First. <laughs> uh, extra base hits, 227. First. Total bases, 1,000 even. First. On-base percentage, 341, second. Runs, 359, second. Batting average, third. But the fact that they lead the league in home runs and lead the league in stolen bases, I, I, I you know somebody at Elias, let me know. But I don't think that's ever happened in baseball before. That's that's just not the way things work in this game. And the, and the fact that, I think this is an under-talked about. Asset, uh, aspect of this race team is just how ridiculously athletic they are, and it's and and typically, you know, great athletes can be okay, decent baseball. But you think of Carl Crawford. Carl Crawford came up; he was a tremendous athlete, and but he really was so raw as a baseball player. And every year, I think he's in fact that as I recall, I think he's like has the MLB record for for years of increasing his batting average. Every season, and like I think every year he played, he increased his batting average. Just became by the you know the sixth, seventh season, he was a really, really good baseball player and also a tremendous athlete. And I think the Rays have just taken this model to a whole different level. But the other fact is, you know, most of these guys were around last year and they sucked; <laughs> they were terrible offensively. And now this explosion this year.
3: Well. Uh- I'll say this. I mean, Luke Rayleigh. We had this discussion when we were trying to look on the bright side of it during the off season, yeah. when it was said that they were going to go with Luke Rayleigh and Josh Lowe as their big boppers. You can't deny Luke Rayleigh in the minors. He had mashed his entire career in the yeah, minors. Like
2: twenty-eight triples in the minors. <laughs>
3: yes, twenty-eight I mean, triples. And look how big the guy is. Yeah, he's six-four, two thirty-five, and he runs like a tight end. Yeah. Sometimes, I think even yesterday, the way he was hauling at the third on I, I that triple. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think I'm almost underselling it yeah. based on the way he ran yesterday to, to leg out that triple. Uh, so I think, and he played in the Dodgers organization, so he was never going to get opportunities. There's always something to be said, right? You give a guy 400 at-bats, 450 at-bats, and let's do what he can do in the big leagues. I think that's always been a thing. Right. And here it is at 28 years old, and the Rays don't care how old you are whenever you figure it out. No. They just want you to figure it out. Yeah. And that's what the, the hit rate on be, so many of these guys.
2: A, be on a minimum salary when you do. Well, That's fine.
3: Yeah. Hey, when it works, it looks like they look like the smartest people in the room. I mean, right. Jose Siri, again, how many times do I have to bring up his story of where he came from? Right? And here he is. We have a center fielder. Who's DFA'd
2: three different times. Yeah.
3: We have a center fielder who has 11 home runs and, play, and gives you that defense. That defense giving you 11 home runs and we're a third of the way through the season. And the one he hit yesterday. Let's hear that one. I have to play this. To
2: play the Siri 1 and the really 1.
3: Listen to the sound off the bat on this one. Good.
2: Whoa. That's a
0: high
1: Whoa. shot back into deep left <laughs> center. And that baby's going to get out of here. Home run for Jose Siri. That is number 11.
2: He stared that one down.
3: <laughs> Listen, when you hit a ball, when you hit a ball 457 feet,
2: you can stare You at it can all do whatever the hell you long. want. And if the pitcher gets mad, shut up. Make a better pitch.
3: He wasn't. He was mad at himself better be for at throwing himself. that pitch to Jose Meatball. Siri.
2: Four hundred and fifty-seven feet in the drop. That, that was an Esteban Gone special, right there. I was
3: going to say that's got to be one of the longest home runs I think I've seen a raised player hit in the drop, yeah. especially in recent years. Four hundred
2: and fifty-seven yeah. feet. That's a bomb.
3: And who had Jose Siri being the guy to do that? Well, of course really? we had
2: the air conditioning blowing out. Oh, Of course. While we were so I forgot,
3: guy. forgot. Yeah. Yeah. cheating.
2: Yeah, cheating again. those big fans up there in the catwalks. How could I ever forget? All right, all right. Let's listen to let's listen to Luke Rayleigh's <laughs> He shoots this one
0: deep to center field. That baby's going to get out of here. Home
2: run. High off the back wall. Two runs shot by Rayleigh. Somebody actually went up there and looked, and there is a dent up there above the batter's eye.
3: I would have put a hole through the restaurant back in the day.
2: What was the exit velocity of that one? Uh, Let me
3: see if it tells you here.
2: That was a bomb.
3: I'll look into it, but I know that it was 440 feet. Yeah, I think it was on a line. line. Uh, So yeah, two huge home runs yesterday for the Rays. By the way, I meant I I meant to put it out on Twitter just for you, but I'll just I saved it for this show. Isn't it so nice to see what can happen when Luke Rayleigh plays in a real ballpark? <laughs> Isn't it so nice to see it? I mean, he gets robbed of two home runs the day prior, right? Yeah. And he comes back Poor and he leaves he leaves no doubt because he's playing in a real ballpark. I mean, that thing might have hit that top of that stupid wall in center field over there no, in Fenway. I don't I don't I don't I don't know.
2: <laughs> center field though, would have been in the don't, seats. Don't go to I,
3: I, yeah. I, I don't I don't know honestly. But yeah. thank goodness for Luke Rayleigh
2: there. So the Rays win 7-0, um, and Zach Eflin was phenomenal. Six and two-thirds yesterday. I mean, Minnesota's not a bad ball club, and the Rays just... the first-place ball club. Yeah, and they just smacked them down. Yeah. Smacked them down.
3: How, I love Zach Eflin. Can I I, love, yeah. I don't know if we give this guy his, his flowers enough, maybe, but outside of Charlie Morton, I can't think of a veteran pitcher they've brought in in the last however many years that I have enjoyed watching pitch than this guy. Yeah, He pounds the strike zone. I mean, he's got he, he, his, the movement on his pitches. It's like he's pounding the strike zone, but he's putting it in such great places that these guys just can't get to it. And yesterday, I thought at times he looked unhittable. The way he started the game? Yeah. I mean, he had everybody fooled. I would have loved to have seen him got the one more out. Just let him get seven innings. I knew that was coming. He had 100 pitches. Nice. Remember that little that little trickler to third base? And uh, what was it? Walls tried to make the play, and then.
2: Well, I—I I, I, full disclosure, I did not watch the game last night. I watched pieces of the game, and then the highlights. Okay, so I didn't well, see all the, well, the intricacies. Of there the was game. six. And, he
3: had he was he had gone six and two thirds, and there was a little ground, like a little little nibbler to Taylor Walls at third, and he was a tough play to make, and he wasn't able to make it. So now he had a runner on first, six nothing. That was Eflin's 100th pitch, and I'm like, oh, they're taking him out. Of course. I'm like, they're taking him out. And yeah. I just wanted him to get seven, but it's, a, it's all good. And he was able to get it, and then Beaks comes in, and they didn't have to use any other pitchers. That's a win right there. The bullpen's fresh.
2: And who's going today? Who do we got going today? Is it TBD? I believe it's Criswell. Criswell? Yeah. I want to say. And Chirinos will probably be up soon as well to maybe Oh, maybe Sean Armstrong.
3: Yeah, Sean Armstrong's opening. And then I believe Criswell's gonna get the bulk.
2: All right. And they bring Torinos up yet? Or they're gonna bring him up tomorrow? Um, I don't think they've, I, don't, game? I don't know
3: if they've touched him yet. Yeah.
2: Well, I think they probably will. Um they're gonna need to. So uh, I mean, another um destroying win for, for the rays, and they got the Rangers coming in this weekend. Yeah, that is a fifty is percent off lower level <laughs> tickets uh for this weekend too?
3: The Friday game. Yeah. The Friday game Don't was. Be, but the yeah. weekend's gonna they'd never have a problem with the weekend. It was a good crowd, it looked like yesterday too. Yeah, I didn't see the final 15, number. Uh, Fifteen thousand on a Tuesday, right? Yeah, yeah. Take that all day. That mm-hmm. was great to see. Uh, but yeah, the Rangers are you haven't been paying attention to what's going on in Texas. That is a juggernaut of a team right now as well. You remember yeah. the stats you were saying the Rays were second and third in? Yeah. That's because the Rangers have popped them. Yeah. The Rangers have a damn good offense. Unfortunate news, Jacob deGrom, Tommy John. Yesterday, oh yeah, oh my goodness, man, man. he's approaching like he's approaching serious like what if category for me. Like what if he stayed healthy? Because we've only gotten like thirty starts out of him since twenty twenty, if you can believe it. That's it. That's about it. You just have not seen Jacob Degrom pitch much, but the Rangers like how good they've been without it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. You know, we'll see this weekend. I don't. I don't know much about him. I haven't paid a lot of attention to him. But we better start. I mean, they got
3: a manager who won three World Series in the past 15 years. So yeah, it seems to a big a difference, difference there. And Yavaldi, you said McClanahan's yeah. a Cy Young. Well, Yavaldi's right there with him. Yavaldi's neck and neck with him right now.
2: Remember when the Rays had him? He was good, good. with the Rays. Yeah, he was. well, we rehabbed him. He, that was, a, I mean, yeah. I think, maybe he his second him. Tommy John. He
3: was coming back from the Yankees, if you recall, in yeah. Tommy John.
2: Yeah, and he pitched well for us, and then we let him go. And then he's, he's been pretty damn good. Been pretty damn good. Uh, a couple comments coming in here. Um, this uh, after Siri took a Polaroid of the hit that I thought it was going to get one in the ribs. I I mean, aren't we past that by now? Aren't we past that by now for pitchers? If a guy stares at a home run, you know, you're gonna put it in his ribs.
3: Uh, Madison Bumgarner is no longer pitching right now, as we speak. So I don't think we should have anybody else doing this kind of stuff. No, no, I don't either. think so.
2: No, that's just fine. Um, Richie says, uh, "Do you hear them saying Telecast that Luke had something like twenty-seven? Yeah, twenty-eight, twenty-eight triples in the minors. Twenty-eight triples. That's 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 a crazy number. Uh, I have that is absolutely crazy number. So, um, big win for the Rays. Uh, now we're gonna we'll take a break. We're gonna get into the uh, the reaction to the merger of the Live Golf and PGA Tour, which is comical in some ways, but tragic in others. Very tragic in others and." You know, Jay Monahan can say he's going to be the CEO of this new group. I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't know how long he's going to be around, to be quite honest. Um, So we'll take a break. Uh, Our thanks to the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S, lawgroup.com. If you've been involved in an accident, your car has been totaled, you don't think you got a fair settlement, which is probably the case, give them a call and see if you have a case. That's something that they do very, very well. They're very aggressive. They can get you some more money. So give them a call at the Jeeves Law Group, and please tell them JP sent you. All right, back in three. Stay with us. experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower, sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had, it's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area modern medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life Changer, You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's eight four four nine seven seven thirty four seventy seven 977 3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will Represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call, 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work, you save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877 652 Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877 652 Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest. Solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome.
1: Coming back at you. Now, more with
2: JP on Fan's Dream Sports. It's only just begun. Hi, right, folks. Don't forget Bay Area Modern Medical Center, com. If you're looking to lose weight or just get well, uh, it's a great place to get everything in line, your nutrition, your workouts, everything. They'll develop a personalized plan just for you. Uh, we all metabolize food differently, medicines differently, and you need a personal plan to get to optimum health. Um, they've got the True Body Machine over there. They'll hook you up, and it's like doing 50,000 crunch sit-ups to get you all leaned up and ready for the summer bathing suit season. So check it out, Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Go to their website. Lots of great information. Of course, Chris Lugo comes on with us each and every week, their medical director, and he will take great care of you. Uh, did a great interview the other day about sleep and how important it is. And I've been changing a little bit of my routine, um, starting to get a little little better sleep, so it's working. It's working. I feel better. Um, All right, wanted to get into a little bit of the uh, Live Golf PGA Tour merger uh, situation, and you know, I was watching some of uh, Golf Central yesterday, and everybody, of course, has an opinion on this. And you know, I want to remind a lot of um, the folks that were involved in this, and you know, myself included you know, how we ripped live golf. And we did, and, and I, I don't I don't change any of my opinions on, on that. As I said it at the time, I did not blame the players at all. I was pissed off at Greg Norman for screwing up my PGA Tour, you know, basically. And if I was a soccer fan, I'd be pissed off at the Saudis screwing up my soccer as well. It's just because they have a bottomless pit of money. And this whole sports washing thing, I don't, you know, to me, it doesn't, uh, it puts them in a more negative light than me because they're just trying to hide their atrocities. I still know what you're doing. I know what's going on. I mean, you can have these players play in your stadiums or play for your teams or, or what have you. It still doesn't change my opinion of who you are as a country and a culture and what your human rights Abuses are. So, well, you remember it what, ain't working on me. So, whatever, you know, I well, guess it's good for the players. Well, if you
3: remember what my rebuttal was to you last year, and my, and I can, I'm going to stay the same on this. The United States, and I, you know me, I'm not one to get political or talk about government or any type of those things, but I'll just surface level here. The United States, do we not do business as a country? Yeah, of course we do. With Saudi Arabia? Everybody does. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, my point here is if we as Americans turned a blind eye to that because nobody really talks about that, do they? No. No, Nobody cares. We go on about life, we talk about issues on the home front, and that's what it is, right?
2: Yeah, we have athletes that rip America's issues, but will gladly take the money and and not say a damn word about what goes on in those countries. Which is funny. Take the money, but my my point is don't be a hypocrite. Don't rip our country and then stay silent about well, I don't what think goes on happening. in China and Saudi Arabia and other, well, other places this, this, when asked about
3: it. Okay. Well, in this, what okay. I'm talking about. When I'm talking about Fair the, enough. Okay. Well, I'm talking about the Live Golf PGA issue. Okay. I don't see any PGA. I don't see this as an issue with the PGA or Live, whatever. But my point with that whole rebuttal is: is if we're not going to just talk about that and make a big stink out of what this country does with Saudi Arabia, then why are we going to make a big rip about what a freaking golf league does right. with Saudi Arabia? Exactly. When you think about it. One Wild. is big, a big deal. One of it, on the grand scheme of things, it's
2: not. Yeah, It's really not. It, it, that was my we, whole problem. We say this it. all the time. Why, is, you know, why do we point to our sports leagues to set our moral compass? They, exactly. <laughs> that, that was my whole point around why I didn't
3: have a problem with people doing their thing with live. Listen, everybody can act like they all. if somebody offered you $500 million tomorrow, oh, but it came from blood money. Everybody can get on their, their high horse and act like a saint and say, oh, I would never take that money. You'd take it. Come on. <laughs> JP, play golf? JP, if they offered you yeah. that money.
2: If they offered me that money and I had to go on the, the air every day and spouse that BS, no, I wouldn't do it. Couldn't do it.
3: Well, do you're it. a good man. Because yeah, there's a lot of people who are who are getting on their high horse all day yesterday and in the whole for the past year about this. Oh, the, I would never. Until you're in that situation, you don't have a good answer for
2: well, it. I, well, I could say this. Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, all of them had the opportunity to do it. They didn't take it. They're that's already true. ridiculously
3: that, rich people. I was, that, was my next, that was my next thing. They're probably not the best examples for right, it. Right. But if you're like a, let me just name a player who joined Liv that's young. Like a Taylor Gooch. Right. Taylor Gooch was like the 35th ranked player in the world. Not like super, super rich. But he was like, you know, entering his prime, young player. Right. He got crucified for doing this, right? But guess what? I mean, they're giving you—they're giving you that much money, and it's guaranteed. I I never had a a problem with
2: the players. I didn't have a problem with my whole problem has always been with Greg Norman wrecking my PGA Tour and the whole concept of it—just coming in and just throwing money at people—and—and—and you know, I thought the PGA players were right when they said you're turning your back on the organization and the people that made you rich. You are, yeah. Now, and it gets complicated because now we take aim at, at Jay Monahan, who you know suddenly found all this money to elevate events, suddenly found all this money to pay the players, um, the, the the popularity fund, basically. And all this, all these other things that the players have been bitching about for years and years, and it took Live Golf to to come to fruition for you to get off your ass and do this.
3: Yeah. So that pisses me and, off. And the way that he negotiated this deal—if you yeah. read some of the details of this—he and yeah. he said it yesterday. This has been going on for the last seven weeks. Has anybody heard a peep?
2: No. No peep. But, but they my, kept my, this. They kept my this radar completely. Went up, <laughs> my radar went up at the PGA. When Rory stopped bashing Liv
3: Gold. And Phil did say, I, I think there was a comment. Phil yeah. might have said, like, I know something that nobody else knows. Like, he yeah. kind of said something yeah. pretty interesting like that.
2: I think the the movers and shakers knew something was up. Maybe. Because that's why they weren't bashing each other. But
3: based on what they said, it is that these negotiations took place over seven weeks and that it was between three people sitting in a room together. Yeah, And to the point that it was so tight-lipped, like, even though there might have been these little clues recently, in general, this was a big, shocking news dump yesterday, no? Yeah. In general, the fact that they were able to keep it this tight-lipped this entire time and that most of the players, I mean, if you believe the reports out there, like Tiger Woods didn't even know this was going to happen, like, I don't know how, I mean, when I hear something like that, I try to, you know, not be as naive and go, come on, of course Tiger would have known something like this was going to happen, but the more I think about it, I don't know, because it doesn't seem like there's, you can count more than one hand how many people knew about
2: this. And here's the real big problem. You know, Tiger Woods turned down $750 million. Correct. Which, by the way, not have been a great investment for Liv, but they don't care about the money, clearly. No. Nope. Um, so it's it, these guys now that stuck up for the PGA Tour, and then you have the whole 9-11 families issue, which Jay Monahan just absolutely, unabashedly used them as a pawn in this whole mm-hmm. thing to gain public uh, favor against Liv Golf and for the PGA Tour. Which was a manipulation of these people that is absolutely, horrifically disgusting. That any man could do that. He's not going to survive this. He thinks he's going to be the CEO of this new venture. It's
3: probably going to have some stupid name to it, by the way. Yeah, uh,
2: whatever. Um, it's, uh, I'm sorry. It, there's, it, he doesn't have the moral compass or standing yeah. to lead anyone at this point. Yeah. And I understand he was put in a very, very bad spot. It, it was a, it was, that was an existential threat to his tour. But I, my Were biggest, they really a threat? Yes, they were. Absolutely. If they take all the star players, if they took them all, you got nothing left. Well, here's my thing, nothing.
3: though. Here's my thing, though. If you couldn't, Everybody if you that's couldn't been rally offered? the
2: troops with Rory and all these other people... You couldn't you, if he didn't rally the troops like he did, pointing towards. Who was
3: the la- here's my point. Here was the, who was the last big player to join Live Golf from the PJ Tour. I don't remember. Was the was of It, yeah, it was Cam yeah, Smith. Yeah, Cam Smith. Right, right after yeah. the the Open. Right. That was a long time ago. Yeah. We're pushing a year.
2: Well, and that's what some of the PGA Tour players are like. Why are you merging? Why this are you going to do point, a merger though. with them? Because you had them on the ropes. Nobody cared about Liv Is
3: Well, that's my point. Nobody cares about Live Golf. How do I know? Because they're getting preempted during playoffs on the CW right. for programming that's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. So that's how I know nobody cares to watch it. Number two, cares. at this point, if you haven't gone to Live Golf yet, you're right? not going. you've all been offered. Right, you're, you're not, not going. going. Right. So when you look at it again, who are the big draws over there in Live Golf? Brooks Kepka, clearly. Yep,
2: Dustin Johnson. Dustin
3: Johnson, but Cam Smith, Cam Smith, DeChambeau. Yeah. Am I missing anybody? No. Am no. I missing it in the grand scheme of things? I know Joaquin Neiman and some of these other guys are talented players, but just from a marketing big name standpoint, no. Those are the four.
2: They were dead in the water.
3: There's nothing to me, like, that's why I think this, they jumped the gun on this a little bit, in my opinion.
2: Well, it's like I said yesterday. They knew they were going to lose in court. They knew it. They knew they were going to lose in court, and their exposure from a monetary system would have destroyed the PGA yeah. Tour. They would not have survived that 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 legal challenge. And so he, he saved his own... At- what I hate about it is he saved his own ass, right? He's like, oh, I'm going to be the CEO now, and the Sheik is going to be, I guess, the head of the board of trustees or whatever. I don't know what it, – it, it looks like a really weird setup. It t- appears to me that, that Monaghan is trying to um, save his power structure mm-hmm. to be able to dictate what the schedule is going to look like and protect his sponsors. And, and I, I like that because he's going to be protecting some of the, the events like the Valspar. I mean, that's going to become a priority for him. That the, the Saudis don't give a rat's ass about Valspar. They don't give a rat's ass about it. They, they would they would just assume all the, those tier tournaments just go away. And I think Jay, Jay Monahan knows that that's a big part of the fabric of the PGA Tour, and he wants to keep them. And it's important to these localities and all the local charities that, that survive on the money they get from these PGA Tournaments. It's a big deal to a lot of the players in the PGA Tour, so I'll give him... You know, and I hope that's his, I hope that's what his priorities
3: are. I, I don't. But I don't. How can you, know, you? How can you trust anything? You can't trust that guy. he says. And if you're a member of the tour, even less so. I mean, this guy has been preaching loyalty, loyalty to the PGA Tour and the traditions and of the pastime and and Jack and Arnie and all all these things he said the last the last year, right? And here you are, egg on the face, completely betrayal of all your play. <laughs> this is all this taught me again. Is there's no such thing as loyalty in business? No, it's all about money. It's all about money mm-hmm. and what, power,
2: money and power.
3: That's it. Yeah, you know, that's it was, what, we had a great example of those two things yesterday?
2: And it's, and it's never been more prevalent in this world that that's what this world is about. And I Justice. think we we
3: hate that it's in our sports. Yeah. That's what really yeah, makes because us by it. because sports has
2: always been a meritocracy. It's always been, you know, who who plays the hardest, who plays the best, wins the game, right. But now it's, it's so much about money. It's so much about the business of the game and so much about money. I mean, look at we, what we've talked about today. We've talked about Messi. We t- did we mention one thing about how, how he's going to score goals for Inter-Miami? No. Have we, I'm wondering how he is. With yeah. the, who's going to be passing <laughs> the, him the ball? around <laughs> him. Right? It's a 10-on-1. Um, it, it, yeah, it, none of that plays out. So it's awful. So when we get to the, the moral... The morally decrepit behavior of Jay Monaghan. It doesn't get any worse when we talk about the 9 11 families. And they put out a statement saying they feel completely betrayed by this man and used as a pawn to get his little merger done here with the Saudis and save his PGA tour and save his job.
3: I feel bad in general for the 9 11 families. I feel, oh like they've been, I feel like they've been used as oh pawns for the last two decades for yes, a really various have. amount of issues. Uh,
2: yes, yes, they have. Yes, they have. It's disgusting on so many levels. But here's here set this up set this yeah, up. Yeah, this, this was
3: bite. this was Monahan last year, and this was at one of the majors. It might have been the PGA. Yeah, uh, talking with Jim Nance, and I, I believe this is the I clip. Think, yeah,
2: I think you remember this interview. Yeah, yeah where he's very he,
3: powerful. I think at this the time. is yeah. I think this is where he mentions the
0: 9/11. Let to ask about this. There was a story that was first reported uh, in the New York Post yesterday by Brian Wacker about a 9/11 coalition of families and survivors of the 2001 terrorist attacks. Um, 9/11 families united sent a letter to the representatives of phil dustin bryson reed and others quote expressing their outrage towards the golfers for participating in the new league and accusing them of sports washing and betraying the united states in quote and that's gotten a lot of steam over the last twenty four hours that story first reported again in the new york post how much did you talk to your players about the possible ramifications if
1: they signed on with the new league
3: well I talked to players I've talked at a player meeting and I've and I've talked to a number of players uh, individually uh, for a long period of time and I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications and as it relates to the families of nine eleven uh, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones and so my heart goes out to them and I would ask You know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour?
2: (laughs) That's, yeah. I understand that he was trying to use everything at his disposal to keep his league together. But you got to you got to do better than that. you got to do better than that. And you have to understand the ramifications of what you're doing at the time you do it. And I, I, I can't believe this, but um, you know, there were a lot of people back in July and who had, saw this merger coming. A lot of people, including former President Trump, who put a tweet out that somebody sent me. He nailed it, and so many others did too. So Monaghan knew, and a lot of people knew, that eventually this would have to happen. And it's all because of legal reasons. Because, you know, many people saw the PGA Tours operating as a monopoly and using certain things to keep other competitors from popping up. The antitrust violations, which, of course, you know, once again, uh, we look we look away at certain times and we prosecute others. This is, you know, now this is going to create even a bigger monopoly with all the, all the world tours, which is which is even worse. But if everybody saw this coming, this merger coming for him to use the use those uh, people as pawns is awful. And I don't know. I don't know if that's going uh, to something he's going to be able to survive. Quite to be quite honest,
3: so. I, I don't either. And it, it seems like all the players have. I mean, they had a players' meeting yesterday, and I think it was they described as contentious was the word. Yeah, and yeah. there was like ninety to ten against. Jay yeah. Monahan uh, and Rory's already come out this morning, and he he said he still hates Liv and yeah. everything they stand for. Um, I, I, I do, this is the sad part of this whole equation is you would probably agree with this. The game of golf is in such a good place when it comes to the talent that we're seeing. No? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the tournaments, you watch them mostly week in and week out. Yep. Great yep. golf. I and mean, we just saw the playoff this weekend with yep. Victor Hovland. Yep. Good young players. Great young players we're in the middle of a major in the major swing right now and you know it's it's all a footnote and we're going to get to the next tournament and this is what i hate all the coverage is going to be about this story right that's it the last two years of golf have been defined by a, a, a you know a, a rival tours going at each other and now they're joining and i just i hate that it's happening during the summer where we're supposed to be focusing on the good things about golf a sport which historically has been i feel like drama free mm-hmm and it, now it 's like the most drama filled sport that we have, yeah, and I feel like that 's tough for a lot of like die hard golf fans, especially older golf fans, to deal with
2: and here's you know I, I think a lot of people are like, "How is this going to affect me as a viewer how's it going to affect me as a consumer this This is something to kind of chew on right here. Um, this is from Golf Week uh, The question is isn 't this just another monopoly and Golf week right it depends and it 's really up to the u s government to decide if it 's legal the u s Department of Justice already had been looking into possible anti competitive practices of the PGA Tour after it tried to fend off live golf as a rival league and punish players for joining it uh, by the way there 's a whole political end of this that has this u s has the Justice Department um, backing live golf against the PGA Tour. <laughs> Read into that what you will. Uh, The PGA, this is a quote from Steve Ross, a law professor at Penn State and former attorney with the DOJ and the Federal Trade Commission. He says, the PGA Live merger is another in a long line of successful efforts by entrenched monopoly organizers of sporting competitions to maintain their dominance through predatory behavior directed towards rivals, followed by swallowing them up. From the point of view of law and economics, Jay Monaghan is no different than John D. Rockefeller putting independent gas stations out of business and then folding them in to Standard Oil, which was the reason for the antitrust uh, laws that we eventually put into place. And yeah, what could this mean? This could mean um, higher golf, higher ticket prices. It could mean direct streaming costs to watch golf. Oh, please. Yeah. Yeah, it could mean because they're going be, to have a monopoly on it. So, yeah, think about it in terms of that. That's not good. That's not good for the consumer. Why do we
3: make sports so damn confusing?
2: Yeah, it's just because now it's become big business. It's become big. This is why now politics has, become, has come into our sports, which we hate. Now um, big money has come into our sports, this is, you know, this, these type of things happen in business all the time. You know, and, and if, you look at, if you look at businesses as, a, you know, there's regular, what I would call capitalism and business. Sports leagues operate in a communistic, socialistic way. Mm-hmm. They share the revenue. They share, um, they share cost. They share revenue. And they try to make it an even playing field, those with, with the salary cap, baseball obviously excluded. So, you know, we, we, we like capitalism, right? We love capitalism. It's, it's what made this country once great. But in our sports, we like socialism. We want it to be a le- e- e- even playing field for everybody because it's sports. And, and now we're like making everything about sports has become completely capitalist. And it's, it's this, this push for more money for the players, for more money. And all that comes from the consumers, and I think I think personally, I, I, I see a pushback coming to professional sports. I think the ridiculous amounts of monies that, th- that these guys are making is going to make the um, the product less consumable. I think you're seeing it with a lot of sports these days. It's that the players don't—they're uh, scoffing at the fact that you know, uh, <laughs> like the money's not enough. They can't—you know—they're they, going to—they can't go out and play every night. We got to. You know, manage this. We got to manage that. We're making all this money. Ticket prices are going through the roof. Are people going to continue to pay this? Now we got to. Now we got to pay for streaming everything. I think at some time, at point, there's going to be a pushback by the consumer to say, "F you guys. It's too much. You know, the infighting, the amount of money you're making, the amount of money you're asking me to spend to go watch your games and stream your games and everything else." I don't know. I think at some point, well, you, I'll ask you as a consumer out there, at some point, does it turn you off so much that the, the politics involved, that's already turned off a lot of
3: well, people. Well, I'll leave you with this because, you know, there's, a, there's quite the age gap between me and you mm-hmm. and the way you probably would view it and the way I would view it. Yeah. Even though more, I more so lean towards the things you say when it comes to that kind of thing, but I think the younger generation gives these guys a break More so than your generation does. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it's fair. Like when it comes to money, a lot of people my age that are younger say, oh, go get the bag. Go make the money, right? Your generation's probably completely different on that. It's like, get the money, but like, when's enough, enough, right?
2: I think our generation is more about, you know, work for the money. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Work
3: for the money. Earn the money. There um, there you go. You just used the word there that sums it up. You used the word earned. mm -hmm. Now people say the word. Deserve. Yeah. Deserve. Entitled. Okay, that's the difference. I yeah. think my pe- – my, I almost said my people – my generation is more about the deserve. We always hear that. Oh, he deserves this money. He deserves this. Like, we talked about this with Jalen Brown. Oh, he deserves the max oh, contract, God. you know? And it's like, well, has he earned the max contract? So I think there's a difference there where I think people nowadays will back off of that. Yeah. And then in regards to, like, great social issues and politics and stuff like that, I think your generation's always going to be like, get that out of my face when I'm trying to watch sports and yeah, all that.
1: We don't want no part. And I it. feel
3: like my generation, and again, I'm, I'm not speaking for me, I'm yeah. just trying to speak for people around me because I have friends who are, I, we talk about these things they're less bothered by it they just are and they feel like it's an important thing so i that's what i'm saying like when it comes to a pushback maybe from the older generation which i think in some sports you've seen that nascar is a great example because their fan base is mostly skews older right Mm -hmm. and their fan base has dropped like 50 percent or more over the past decade and there's a difference with the new age and how nascar is marketing itself now and the things they've tried to weed out, which are good. Some are really good things. I'm not saying that. But you see my point, though, with that? Yeah, yeah. Whereas the other leagues now that kind of skew younger, like to me, like there hasn't been a difference in viewership and interest and things like that.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think, and I think it's probably fair to say that um, a lot of the politics that's being brought into sports, um, the older generation does not agree with those politics. So it's, it's, well, that's my point. That's why I brought
3: up, that's why I brought up NASCAR because NASCAR, let's call it what it is. Yeah. It's a very southern niche, conservative, white male. It's always been that way. Yeah. Right? And NASCAR is trying, has tried to diversify themselves and they've done a really good job of doing that. But you already knew that that was going to, unfortunately, piss off the, the base. The base. Yeah. And that's where yeah. NASCAR has struggled is they've lost their main base in search of finding a new one.
2: And, and this is not to say, and this is opening a huge door, and I'll, we won't go down this rabbit hole, but this is not to say that I think the older generation would say, look, you know, we're, we're, we're all for diversity and inclusion and all these things. Just don't shove it down our throat. You know, And I think that, and people say, well, whatever and i think that's what i think a lot of people in my generation is like we don't you know we enjoy a political discussion that's fine we can have it but we don't want anybody canceled and we also don't want these things shoved down our throat we're trying to watch a game here we're trying to watch a game here if you want to you know if you want to talk about politics if you want to talk about social responsibility and all those other things that's fine you have a platform to do that but during the game while you're playing the game we don't want to be overwhelmed with those types of messages, and you know, and people would say, "Well, maybe you just don't like the message." Well, that's true too. In a lot, that's in a lot of that's it. a part of cases it. Cases too. A of cases too. So, I, I think for whatever um, you know, I, I will say this: it's here to stay. It ain't going anywhere. It's going to be uh, going to be part of it. But I, but I wish I wish I guess I would I would say that um, it doesn't seem to be even handed. You know, it's, it seems that the, it's okay for athletes to talk about certain things but not about other things. And I think that's also where, where, where a problem comes in as well. But this is, this is the world we live in now. And I think most sports fans would just rather not have it be part of it. But those days are gone, unfortunately. So, All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side, um, talk a little Buccaneers. We'll hear from Tristan Wirfs about moving over to the left side. We actually talk about sports, like on the field stuff. Yeah, we are. You believe it? Thank you believe it goodness. <laughs> but this other stuff I think is interesting and needs to be talked about as well. I think I think they are interesting conversations. and We don't shy away from them like a lot of other people do. So, um, And we invite all opinions, by the way, all opinions. Bring them here. Just be reasoned. Don't be nasty. Don't call names. Don't say stupid stuff. And bring them all. We, we'd love to have it. Um, all right, we'll be back in three and talk to the Buccaneers. Stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. You can get on the new True Body machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on TrueBody and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz, the mortgage guy, did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to Scott at scottatamstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced Or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them. Paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance. Free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles, 877 652 Hey, J.P. here for Extravaganza Productions, Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audio, visual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers, if you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions they are awesome. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with J.P. on, on Fanstream Sports. All right, welcome back on this Tuesday. The J.P. Peterson Show brought to you by the great folks at the Gold and Diamond Source. Hey, Father's Day is coming up. We like shiny things. Go get your pop a new watch over there or a, a gold chain or a ring or a oh, gold oh, ring a gold <laughs> ring yeah you could do that too yes uh all kinds of fun things over there for guys too at the golden diamond source for father's day they got great sales going on right now so go check them out at the golden diamond source 3800 olmerton road always online at the golden diamond source.com um all right so the buccaneers are doing a little ota thing and tristan wirf's is moving over to the left tackle spot as we talked about for a very very long time. We found out yesterday. Todd Bowles told him right after the season, which is one of the the main reasons you know we thought that going into the draft that this left tackle was not the number one priority because Worse was moving over there. They'd already spent a lot of draft capital on offensive linemen who could play right tackle. We're seeing that with Luke Gedicke, Hainsy. So I think that that was was well in the works and i think this offensive line is going to be much better with the new scheme we've talked a lot about that and and the players playing more towards to their strengths but for tristan this is the linchpin right for him to move to left tackle he's got to be good and his great. yeah great and his level of expectation is perfection he didn't give up a sack his first season as a rookie if i'm not mistaken not, or maybe one. I think, what, the Khalil Mack, the yeah. one that was on national TV? Yeah, one, one sack. I mean, he just does not give up sacks. So moving to the left side is going to be a bit of a transition. I think with his ability, he can do it, but it is, it's is—it's not like just moving over there and it's the same deal. It's, and I don't think it's like left. I think people have used the analogy of a left-handed pitcher and a right-handed pitcher. I don't think it's that much. Well, I, didn't I think we
3: already say it, and then they talk about it, it's like wiping your butt with your left hand? Yeah. Yeah. Your opposite hand, whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, but, but Eventually, you sh- you'll get used to it. You figure out how to do it. If you've had, ever had an injury to your wiping hand, <laughs> you know, you know you, it takes a little while and it gets a little messy. But
3: <laughs> Not the same thing, but I used to put my wallet in the left pocket of my shorts,
2: and right. now I put it in the right pocket of my shorts. Why? Why did you change?
1: <laughs> Salary cap
2: implications? <laughs> Why did you change? <laughs> not, not for the same reason the Bucks moved him to left. Not nearly identical. I don't think the two situations are
3: similar you, whatsoever. Was
2: that, one day you just said, I'm going to start putting <laughs> it in my right, right side. I have heard this, though. It affects your posture. So you need to move your wallet around from I, I your left cheek to right cheek i balance out. I'm ashamed, to, to, I'm out ashamed to admit the
3: reason why I did it in the first place. <clears throat> oh, is this is, is going to be great. This, this is, is be... such a high school thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like do like chewing tobacco. When right. I was when I was like in high school and college. Right. And I always put my wallet in my See, I'm confusing myself now. Left. Where did I say I had it before?
2: Left. I always left had side. it in my
3: left and I had the tobacco in my right. Right, right. And I saw like a, a video or something, it might have been a reel, and it just had popped up and it said like the wallet always goes in this pocket and the tobacco goes in the <laughs> other pocket and so, I was like, I'm doing it all I'm wrong. I'm doing it wrong. I was like, I'm doing it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's how it happened. That?
2: Who decided that?
3: I don't know. It was like a country singer on stage. I forgot who it was. And that's how I think it might have been Eric Church. I think. And I love Eric Church. And I was
2: like, okay, I was young, whatever. You, you always <laughs> wonder how you know trends get started and stuff like like who came up with this. But it was idea. something
3: that stupid though right. uh-huh. that started it. And now i just have never. Now it's just like customary. It goes in the right side.
2: Okay, fair enough. All right. Well, for Tristan Wirfs, it's it's going to be a little bit more difficult, and he didn't get it from a country singer. So let's listen in to him talk about this uh, movement, move over to the left side that he's getting used to. It's just, everything's backwards. Um, just kind of getting used to throwing my left hand instead of my right and not throwing up my right and opening up. Throw, um, like, my weight distribution, like I always just keep my weight in my left leg, and I want to keep it in my right. It's just, it's all different, it's so similar. It's like, it's just, you're doing the same stuff, but it's all just flipped, so. Um, just, just getting as many reps as I can, you know, with, with Coach Joe, and um, just to keep keep you know, like thousands of reps on the right side, and you know, going to, you know as a, as a newborn baby now on the
3: left. And he kind of added, it wasn't in that clip, but he was asked another question about when the communication was to him that he was going to move to left tackle, and he said it started literally right after the Dallas game. Like Todd Bowles communicated to him, yeah, yeah you're probably going to be playing left tackle. Yeah, they so knew they were on, that. on
2: <coughs> Donovan. Yeah,
3: yeah, they knew that. So. I mean, there was a, lot, a whole thing about that, and he was pretty tight-lipped about it. Like, if they need me there, I'll be there, but he's clearly been working on this for the past five
2: months. And, you know, again, it, there's going to be a transition. There's going to be a transition, but in the end, this is where he needs to be. It's where he's going to make the most money. Left tackles make more than right tackles. Um, it, You know, it's, it's best for the team because the team can then... Be better at right tackle and left tackle as 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 an yeah. offensive line. It's going yeah,
3: to yeah. And, and by the way, he did it at Iowa for like four games, I yeah, think. Yeah. Like he's not completely going in here like blind. Mm-hmm. On how to do this? And when you're a player of the caliber of Tristan Wirfs, Scott Reynolds wrote a nice column here, by the way, in Pewter Report about or not not Scott Reynolds, Adam Sylvan rather for Pewter Report about his fear of failure is going to end up pushing him to be a great left tackle. And that's a good point, because the great players in the league, they, they hate the, the, the failure, right? Right. And they'll do anything to be great at it. I think Tristan Wirfs is definitely in that category. So if you expect him to go out there and completely bomb at being a left tackle, that's, not gonna happen. that's just not going to happen. That's I think at happen. the worst, he's going to be a good left tackle. Yeah. But I think he's going to be a great left tackle, because he's that damn talented. And he's got the sheer size to do it as well.
2: He does. He's got all the talent in the world to do it and I, I, I think he's gonna be fine. You know, will he will he give up a sack this year? Yes. He'll probably give up three to four sacks. He's not
3: gonna kill you like Donnie Smith though with the no, penalties. I exactly. can tell you that right exactly.
2: now. I mean, and that's the and the amount of things that you're going to be able to do with him, um, in terms of uh, screens, misdirections and that that's He's so athletic and yeah. so big. You want him to be able to get out and, and, and play in and, that space and, as well.
3: And it, may I say, I think this is pretty fair. He's not my. When it comes to concerns on the line, we're spending so much time talking about him at left tackle.
2: Yeah, we got way bigger. concerns. I think
3: the biggest concern on the line is what's going on at right guard. Nobody is talking about the fact that Shaq Mason is one of the better right guards in the NFL. Yeah, and unfortunately, we had to let the guy go. Right. And did you notice last week, I think it was, he got a pretty big contract.
2: He did. From the Texans who believe in him. Anybody who's dissing Shaq Mason didn't turn on the film. And I heard people, he's small. I don't care if he's small. He's been small all his, all his life, all his career. And he's been a really, really good all pro yeah. level Yeah, I think we should be talking about that is right how guard.
3: you're going to replace Shaq Mason right. at right guard. Yeah. That's a Pro Bowl level player at that position, I'd argue.
2: Well, you spent a you know, second round pick on Cody Malk. He, he better be. Yeah, able I'm to hoping. Play. He, I'm hoping he's yeah. the guy. Because yeah. if
3: he's not the starter day one, don't you kind of go? Mm, that's not great, right? If he's not the starter day one. Well, you would hope. Uh, I know these guys. Co- I know pick. these guys take some time to develop. Obviously,
2: I, I hate the whole idea that we're you know we're putting uh, Filer in at left guard and just tossing Nick Leverett aside. Nick Leverett played really good football for this team last year. He did. I think with Aaron Stinney and Nick Leverett and Filer and Malk and Hainsey and Gadecki. We got enough guys right there. You should be able, that's a lot of draft capital. That's a lot of expenditure. You should be able to to put together a really good offensive line like that. And if you're not, there's something wrong with the coaching and the offensive uh, scheme in, in and of itself, because the talent is there. Mm -hmm. The talent is there. I think Jason Light's done his job. Now it's up to the coaches to do theirs and get them in the right spots and, and, and get them playing at a high level. Um, Tristan Wirfs also talked about the new offense and he said it's been i think what 's been really cool is the mid zone aspect of it. Wof said uh, just when they 're wanting to uh, to do it and how it 's going to benefit us as an offensive line from all the visuals we 've put in, I like all of them a lot it 's a different style of offense and learning it has been a new challenge because i 'm used to College, too, it was all numbers. This set of numbers means this, this set of numbers means this now it 's just like a word will t- a word will tell you everything that 's been kind of fun learning something new and figuring out how to get it done um, on a play by play basis he says it 's very offensive line friendly for a tackle. If the defensive end is outside, the aiming point is coming off your inside leg so they 're like don 't get blown up, just keep him outside and you 'll be good. The back is going to make his cut off you." and stay in line with the center. What, what that means is a lot of it is much more about angles. And, they, you know, when you're an offensive lineman, you always want to have the, the advantage of the angle. And you do, as, as, as a play caller, you can do that. And, and that's if, you know, you don't want to say, okay, uh, he's lined up on your inside shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need you to reach block that guy and keep him from going to the right. You don't want to do that. You want to have the the left guard, Keep him, keep that particular player. He's on your outside shoulder. The ball's going to your right. You want to use the advantage of the angles and then maybe pull the left tackle. So it's it's all about angles and getting on the right side of it. In this particular offense, we're not asking you to do things, for offensive linemen, to do things that are much harder. So it's a scheme that makes it easier for the offensive lineman, and it's about positioning and footwork. And, you know, just don't, like you said, don't get blown up. Just don't get run over and knocked into the backfield. And most, you know, most NFL players are at least strong enough to not do that. So um, I, that's the other thing I've been saying a lot about this new offense. It's going to make it playing offensive line much, much easier for these guys. No question about it. Uh, Todd Bowles spoke yesterday as well, so um, let's listen into a little bit of Todd Bowles from yesterday as he uh, addresses some of the questions about um, yeah, all let, the OTAs. Let
3: me him up. Sorry about that. I got there was like news that just came out in my world that was interesting. Sorry about that. What's
2: that? <laughs> is there anything we need to know about?
3: Well, it's a wrestling thing. The Iron Sheik has passed away. Oh no! The Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik, who's very active on Twitter all the time, but he is. Unfortunately, passed away at the age of 81. So, apologies. I'll get the uh, I'll get the, the bowls queued up from yesterday, but I just had read that. There. That social media killed him. Yeah. Probably. So, unfortunate. One of the greats, right there. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. So yesterday, Todd Bowles uh, talking a little bit about uh, I don't know where we're going to start here, but um, just in general, Werfs moving over there to the left, and what's going on with the quarterbacks, etc.
1: afternoon
3: Todd, uh, there seems to be an uptick across the guys getting popped for gambling. There's a story this week in The Athletic where they spoke to a lot of players. Some of them, they don't know the rules. One guy says Wade did get suspended. He just didn't know. What are you
2: or the Bucks doing to make sure your your players you know what they can and can't Interesting question.
1: Well, we have gambling policy rules that we go over every year, probably once in the spring, once everybody gets here. You don't really do it in the spring because it's not mandatory, so you don't reach everybody. But next week in mandatory mini camp, we'll sit down and have that meeting and we'll discuss it, and we'll, they'll know exactly what they can and can't do.
2: Question about Tristan. Uh, he's adjusting
1: so far so far pretty good. I mean, we're out of pads. you got to get in pads so he can get the feel for it. But his footwork is good, uh, like what we see over there thus far. Yeah, like some of
3: the veterans are joining the today. I know they've been in and out. But it's nice
1: to see uh, some of the guys back. Yeah, again, most of them have been here the whole time. And some of them have been in and out. But we've had a good turnout so far. So it's been pretty good. We like what he was doing last year. He was kind of missing at the top of the uh, at the top of the pass rush. He probably missed more than he made. So if, if he can wrap up and tackle those, he'll be right where we want him to be. Uh, well, obviously, it's it's not leaving your feet so early, and it's going through, pushing through with your shoulder, and understanding when you can go for the ball and when you can't go for the ball. It's mandatory. I expect everybody to be here. Guys are there. The guys are Excuse me. They should still be here. Board, like that's, uh, that's got some good things done. Obviously, trying to get Mike and Chris involved is very important. Shorts and T-shirt. Uh, both sides of the ball. Thought we made some good plays. Some things we got to correct, and we'll get to the film and do that. Mandatory, I expect everybody to be here.
0: Ooh.
1: Not at this time though.
3: No. What kind of progress have you seen with the analysis on those those guys
1: from working through the system? Yeah, I mean they're adding something every day. You know, you gotta get the hand it's all eleven plus new cultures, so you gotta add something every day. It's a progression everybody's starting to understand what to do and how to do it, and we're piecing it together. So they're adding the nuances daily, and it's a good practice, and I think the guys are on the same page. you
2: starting to see a vision of that
1: offense? Well, I've seen a vision of it when I talked to them for an interview. I know we're not at the end result. We have plenty of time for that, but I see it come to fruition. Again, he's played it in college. He was a right tackle, so it's not uncomfortable for him. Uh, he's energized. He's ready to go. It's, it's hard to tell the progress when you're in shorts and T-shirt, and you really can't put hands on nobody to the point where you're them to the ground. But the progress and the intelligence has been great. No, we'll see how he's feeling. You know, it's, it's off and on with that, and we'll see how he feels in camp. From what you've
3: been told,
1: I haven't been told anything thus far. I would expect him sometime around training camp. I'm not sure about next week. What's the biggest difference
3: you're looking at other minicamp versus
1: the Just guys in shape, and communication is big part of it. Communication and chemistry on the field is everything uh, for the guys that communicate and get to trust the guys next to them.
2: Some basic stuff from uh, Todd Bowles right there. Um, I think the the most interesting part was about Devin White. He didn't want to talk about that at all. He never um, does. What do you think? Think he's showing up? <laughs> I mean, if you're Todd Bowles and he just said,
3: and he was asked about it directly, and he said it's mandatory. I expect everybody to show up. So if Devin White doesn't show up now to mandatory camp. Your you're Todd Bowles, I mean, how do you feel? I guess it's a big question here is how does this make you feel now that, again, you're going out in the media and you're saying he's going to, like, you're basically saying, like, I, ex- I expect him to be here, right? He's going to be here. But what if he doesn't, though? How many more straws are we going to give Devin White if he's not here? And at what point does Todd Bowles just go, you know what? Enough's enough. Enough's enough. I'm sticking my neck out for you. And now you got to do your part. That's kind of the way I, I take away these things.
2: Well, I, I hope he doesn't jump up there and just say, well, you know, these are things that happen, and that's his business. If he wants to hold out, blah, 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 you know, it's, you know we expect to see him at training camp. He, he better take a stand. He better take a stand. Like, I, If he doesn't, I think it's a horrible message that he sends to his team, a terrible message that he sends to his team if he supports Devin White again. And he's continued to support him, even through all this immature social media behavior that we've seen. He's yet to call out Devin White. And I don't understand that. And I think it's a terrible message to send to the rest of the team. But we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, you know, if, if you're Devin White, we've said this from day one, this is a bad game you're playing. It's a stupid strategy. And I don't know who's telling you to do this. You're not. They're not going to trade you. They're, it's not helping you get the bag. Other teams are watching this. They don't want players, especially someone who's going to make $11.7 million this year. It's not like he's playing, Who who's a good example here, um, like um, Jalen Hurts last year. Or um, these rookie, these guys that play on their rookie contracts that, uh, Pat, Patrick Mahomes for his first three four years, you know you're just you're you're totally underpaid. Like at 11.7 million for the way you play, Devin, I'd say you're overpaid. And at that number, you want to get to 20 million, I'd say you're overpaid at 11.7. Yet that's not enough for you to get your butt in here and help your team. Um, I don't I don't get that. I don't get that at all. And I don't see how in the world as a, as a head coach you can. Stick up for a guy like that, that's acting like that. I don't know. I just, I I hate to compare him to Bruce Arians, but I don't think Bruce would be saying the same things about him.
3: Probably not. Probably not. And that's the big thing. I mean, Todd Bowles is the biggest question mark we have about this entire Bucs season. That's right. It remains that. Now, (laughs) I thought the other takeaway he had there from that, very basic, I guess, press conference, we'll call it, that he gave right there, yeah. is he was asked about Joe Try and Shawinka, and he's more forthcoming with his thoughts on JTS. And I think the quote he used there uh, was, you know, he had more sacks that he could have had last year than he actually ended up having, that he missed, rather, I think is the way he put it. Right. And we talked about that. He's overrunning plays. He doesn't do a great job of setting the edge. And again, this is a first-round pick going in his third year. And did we get much progress year one to year two?
2: No. If, if if we got any, very minimal. It's been it's been it's been plateaued for the entire. He's never gone out and done anything to me that's been eye popping. Um, I just when I watch him play, it's a whole lot of no impact. You know, he's not. I don't see him chasing guys into sacks. Um, you could say he could have had more sacks. My God, you could say that about every player. On the field, I mean, guys miss sacks depending on who the quarterback is and, and why. But it's a bottom line business. You got to you, you got to be a, a, produce more yeah. from that from that standpoint.
3: I think into story, like we love that Vita Vea was able to get six and a half sacks and add some some pass rush to his game, which I think was needed. But I don't think Todd Bowles was necessarily happy that the nose tackle led you in sacks no. last year. Hell no, not even no. close to that. And I think that's why you see the investment. In that position this off season, yeah,
2: and you know we don't we don't haven't talked hardly anything about Shaq Barrett, and uh, there was you know some conversation about the Bucks cutting him and saving. I think they can save like fourteen million on the cap if they cut him. I just you know, I for me normally I'm very much business is business. Like you know if if he's not part of the plans moving forward. Uh, You don't, you know, maybe he hasn't recovered well from his Achilles. I don't even know if he's out there running around yet. um, To be quite honest with you, whatever it is, I just, I just can't, in my gut, stomach, after what happened to him in his personal life, doing that. No, I just can't.
3: No, and after something like that, to be honest, the last thing, even even now, and I think. To me, everything that happens on the football field related to Shaq Barrett, it, it really uh, – I'm not even – if he goes out and he doesn't have a great season, I'm not even going to say a word about it, to be honest with you. I'm really not. I know, like, it's hard. To, you have to separate the two at some point. I understand yeah. that, like you said. But the human in you just doesn't want to.
2: <sighs> Can't. 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 And, um, you know, I think the, I think the Bucks. You, you pour into him and you give him everything – every support that you possibly can and you take what you get from him and you celebrate it
3: and you see there's a respect there like they're yeah. not they're not talking about it even like reporters like I don't think anybody's asked a question about Shaq Barrett and his status of injury anything like that where's he at I think everybody's respecting that right now
2: yeah as as they should as they should um, it's uh, that's a if you and if you don't know his 2-year-old child died in a drowning accident at their home uh, his two-year-old little girl, and it's just absolutely heartbreaking on every level. And, um, you know, the pucks I don't even want to say they're doing the right thing because, you know, he's, he's at his best. He deserves that money. If he can be the player that, and I i don't, you know, guys come back from Achilles injuries. Guys come back from a lot of injuries now more so than in the past, especially with the stem cells that they're using these days. By the way, Ryan Jensen in a knee brace, not out there practicing, but that's not alarming. It's OTAs. There's no reason for him to be out there practicing with this still coming off an ACL, uh, not having it surgically repaired, just using stem cells, which I think is a great thing, and it worked. No players ever come back from an injury like that to play in a playoff game, and you know he played he played well in the playoff game. So. Um, yeah, so with stem cells, he should be able to come back to fully healthy and he'll be a damn good player. I mean, it's it's like adding a Pro Bowl outside rusher to your team that we really didn't have last year for most of the year because he got – when did he get injured? Like game seven, Week I think. Week eight. Week eight, yeah. Just, but it felt like it just – you know, it wasn't the impact last year that, um, you know, he well, was gone for most of the And even more
3: so, we talk about this team needing veterans on the defensive side yes, of the ball. absolutely. And Shaq Barrett, now 30 years old, I believe, I want to say. Yeah. 30 years old. He's the veteran on that. He's, what, the second oldest guy there around outside yeah. of Levante? Yeah. So he's a veteran, and you know what you're going to get out of him. I consider him a leader, probably on more the the lieutenant side. Yeah. Again, not, not a general, but a lieutenant, and you need those guys around. So I, there's no, absolutely no need. Even if, I mean, personal stuff aside with with his, with his what's, what's been going on there, there was never a reason, in my opinion, to, to get rid of Shaq Barrett.
2: No, no, no way, no way. All right, we'll, we'll take a break. When we come back, the Jacksonville Jaguars have just put out renderings of what they're going to do to their stadium. And I hadn't heard anything about this, but I was wondering what Jacksonville was going to do. At some point, they were going to have to build a new stadium. And it's interesting what they've decided to do. And I'm wondering if Tampa Bay will be following suit and doing something similar. So we'll tell you all about that when we come back. We're brought to you by Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. If you have a big meeting, a charity event, a big birthday, or something where you need professionals to come in and set up your party and produce your party, EPI is the company for you. Paul Thomas and his group over there are absolutely phenomenal. Go to their website, extravaganzaproductions.com, and check it out and get a free consultation. Back in three. Coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60 year plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the mortgage guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to Scott at AMSTampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877 652 0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids. And then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call, 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work, you save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877 652 Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877 652 Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audio, visual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well. Uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off. They'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with J.P. You want a roof on your stadium? You want a roof on Raymond James Stadium? Raise your hand. Every said everyone. Welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show. Brought to you by American Mortgage Services. I know mortgage rates are up, kids, but Scott Fitzgerald... We'll find a way to get you a good loan. I guarantee you that. You'll pay the least amount in fees. That's a no-brainer. He'll get it done quickly for you. And if you just want to have a conversation about it, find out what the options are, it's a great way to do it. Just contact him, scott at com. He's the best in the business. He's done three mortgages for me, scott at com. I know rates have gone up, but there are certain... Uh, uh, programs that they have over there that can help you with adjustable rates and you know with the rates go up or down and they'll probably come down hopefully in the future you can refinance for less money so just have the conversation with them there's a lot of different things they can do to help you out if you need to get into a new home now and you're saying oh god the interest rates are too high don't think that way see what your options are and look at the actual dollar amounts because there's a lot of things that he can do creatively to help you with your finances. So just email him, Scott, at amstampa.com. Find out what's going on. You're gasping again. What happened now? The mid-show gasp by Nick.
3: Well, not to go back down the live PGA rabbit hole, but I just I saw that Bryson DeChambeau was on CNN this morning, it looks like. And I'm just reading, like, the surface comments. I haven't watched the video. Play the audio.
2: Why not? Well, it's too just, long.
3: It's too long. It's like five minutes. But... <clears throat> The headline here it says Bryson Deshambo, an early recruit to the Saudi-backed live tour, uh, is basically saying it's time to forgive Saudi for their involvement in 9/11 and move forward. It says everybody makes mistakes. <laughs>
2: no, he did not say
3: that. I'm. It is. It is here from the New York Post.
2: Do we, do we have the audio? <laughs>
3: The audio is too long to play. Like, every video is, like, five minutes long, but I'm trying to, like, get the actual quote here on the story. All right. All oh, right. my goodness.
2: New Nick, get on that. Um, well, well, read it. Read it. Just read it.
3: I think we'll, I think we'll never be able to repay the family's back for what exactly happened over 20 years ago, and what happened is definitely horrible. I think as time has gone, 20 years have passed, and we're in a place where it's time to start trying to work together to make things better together as a whole – I don't know exactly what 9-11 families are feeling. I can never know what they feel, but I have a huge amount of respect for their position and what they believe, nor do I ever want anything like that to ever happen again. I think as we move forward from that, we've got to look towards the pathway to peace, especially in forgiveness, especially if we're trying to mend the world and make it a better place i think that's what we're trying to accomplish live is trying to accomplish the pif is trying to accomplish we're all trying to accomplish a better world for everybody in a way pro- to provide great entertainment for everyone around the world i don't have
2: a huge problem with that it sounded like a little headline grabber there at first but everything he said there i would agree with i mean but it's- is
3: that really what they're doing here
2: I mean if we're going to start talking about this in terms of politics and you know in golf you know making it a better world I mean we're we're stretching it here I mean to, <laughs> let's think? just let's just start right there you know I, but everybody it, listen his heart's in the right place and you know to to be telling the 911 I mean it, it's weird I have to I have to hear the interview but to be telling the 911 people it's time to forgive and move forward i mean but everything else he said as a qualifier there i agree with i mean we all want to move forward in a peaceful way and work together i think it's better to engage your enemies and work together than it is to keep treating them like enemies that doesn't get you anywhere but uh, ridiculous wars that we've started for years and years and years yeah let's let's but i think i think it would be nice for saudi arabia to acknowledge their uh, part in it which they've never done which they've never done. That's part of moving on and forgiveness, is to 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 remember. And we remember our history and we talk about our history, so we don't repeat it. I think a lot of young people don't understand that. But that's what history is for. You have to understand the mistakes that we made along the way, so we don't repeat those same mistakes. So what you know what led up to nine eleven? What what you know what are the things that 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 led up to that that we allowed to happen? You know, these are bigger questions than, you know, what golf tour is going to help save the world. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Um, all right. Uh, so Jacksonville, the Jaguars are going to basically put a translucent dome over their current stadium and upgrade the stadium that way instead of, uh, you know, knocking it down and starting all over and building, you know, a, a whole new stadium. It would take them, what, two years to do this? I, you looked into it, um, Either one, of you, either one of you knew Nick or, or Nick. Yeah, go ahead. Jump in.
0: Yes, yeah, so it'll take them two years. I just pulled up the old Sports Illustrated article that was talking about it. They would need to be find a new home for the 2025 and 2026 season. 2025 is when they're going to start it. So they'll be playing next season and then the season after that. Then they're going to be out for two years.
2: And they're just going to put a translucent dome over the top of it? Basically, that, that's a, the artist rendering I saw. That's what it looked like.
0: Uh, Yeah, it looks like, you know, they'll probably like upgrade some, you know, stuff outside the stadium sure, and yeah. inside. Yeah, but like, obviously, yes, the biggest thing is the dome.
2: Do you, um, is it this going to be a, a climate controlled dome, not like the stupid SoFi one that's just a roof and it's still hot inside? It looks very SoFi Does the, it? The design.
0: It does look SoFi Yeah.
2: Um,. But it brings it begs the question because the Bucks are going to – now that Raymond James Stadium is thirty years old. Oh my God, we have to replace it, which so is so old. stupid. I mean, that's Raymond James Stadium is great. It's just too hot in September, in most of October. So putting a roof on it, I think, is a great idea. I don't know structurally if that's something that can happen, but if they're doing it for this stadium, which seems about the same size and, and architecture type, a lot older. You know, this is the same stadium they've been building onto and improving for. You know been there for 70 years i think um the old
0: gator bowl right yeah
2: the old gator bowl so i I don't know how much i don't know if that's something that they could do with raymond james but they certainly have the property to do so so i would think they have the room to do it i i I don't think it would be a huge problem but uh, i think bucks fans would much rather have that (laughs) than spend another two billion dollars on a whole new state did they say what the cost of it's going to be
3: I have not seen anything about cost. In fact, I just I just read there's a statement in here from uh, Shad Khan, the owner, and he does not mention a single thing about cost. He said this is the important initial phase of the project. So it sounds like they're just getting the design worked out first, and then finances are coming second. Okay. That guy's got loads of money.
2: Yeah, man. he's got
3: I don't money. know how much help they're going to need from, like, public and all that kind of stuff.
2: And along those lines, you know, this uh, A's to Vegas thing was like rubber-stamped, and now uh, the Nevada legislature is like, whoa, 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 no, $380 million of taxpayer money, I don't know if we want to spend that on a baseball stadium um, in Las Vegas after all the money they've spent on, on stadiums already for hockey and, fo- and football, because I think the football stadium was largely funded by public money. Well, Mark
3: Davis is, one, is what, the cheapest owner in football?
2: Yeah, pretty much, yeah.
3: He's not just cheapest,
2: he
0: has like one of the lowest incomes. So like I remember like seeing like to move him to Vegas he had to take like a huge loan from the Bank of America. Which is like why like when they were doing so bad you like you know that's why they're not said they're not gonna fire uh why is his name slipping me their current guy? Current head coach, his name will come. Josh, to the next. Josh, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels, Thank yeah. you. Sorry, I don't know what that was a brain fart moment. They said they can't fire him because, like, a they paid like the last two, you know, they're coaches. They're still paying Gruden. Yeah, and they have so much <laughs> of their of money, money locked a up lot. trying to move here. Like they're still trying to pay this back. So yeah. like they're just strapped for cash right now.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's funny because we're here. We are going through how much public money we're going to spend on a stadium in Saint Petersburg or or in Hillsborough County. And I think in Hillsborough County it makes much more sense because of the long-term revenue gains as opposed to Pinellas County, which is, as we've mentioned many times, a horrible location for a stadium.
3: Right. It's just fascinating. There's a lot of teams around the NFL that are doing stadium renovations or building stadiums, like Nashville's a big, a big one right now.
2: Buffalo just broke ground. Buffalo just broke ground.
3: That seemed like, I don't claim to be too in the weeds of what's going on there, but just on the outside, it looked like that was pretty easy to get done. And, and well, that taken Buffalo. a long
2: time. That, that's, that's well overdue.
3: <laughs> yeah, but it seemed like when they f- really kicked the tires on this the last few years, it came along pretty quickly to where they've broken ground. I don't, I don't understand what the point is of building a new stadium in Buffalo if it's not going to have a dome, though. I'm gonna be honest on that one. It doesn't have a dome Wait, in Buffalo. what?
2: They're they wanted... building a $1.4 billion stadium in Buffalo and doesn't have a dome? I'm almost
3: positive on the rendering. It doesn't look like there's a dome
2: there. Boy, that's a, such a dumbass New York thing to do, state of New York thing to do. Why would... Well, I mean, there's this whole competitive part of it. I'm
3: not mistaken, right? Like that's there's no dome. I don't see a dome sitting on top of that thing. No. No, and it's going to get 850 million in money from the state of New York and Erie County.
2: No, it's got it's got a shade on it. It's got a, like an overhang over most of but the. But not OCCs. on the play. Not on the playing field. <laughs> but it's it's an open air stadium. There's no doubt about Correct. that. Wow. Yeah, that seemed kind of silly. But you know, it's funny because. The Minnesota Vikings have not made it back to the Super Bowl since they went indoors. Ooh. Because they, al- yeah, they always had such a great uh, advantage of playing outdoors, especially in December and January.
0: I was going to say, I mean, it is fun <laughs> seeing, you know, <laughs> snow games like that. <laughs> yeah. Even though, like, they ha- sometimes they'll have games where it's, like, so impossible for them to, like, run around. Like, remember that, like, old Colts-Bills uh, game from a few years ago?
2: Well, there was one this year with the, with the wind. What game was that where the wind was blowing like 60, 70 miles an hour and, and the uh, Patriots, yeah, Patriots that was, Bills.
0: Yeah, the Patriots Bills last one. And then they were supposed to have like another big one this year, but the storm got so bad they
2: just they said can't, yeah, you okay,
0: can't okay, play here, go they to Detroit. Be,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 kinda weird.
3: <laughs> I do wonder though, like yeah, in regards do. to like putting a dome potentially and taxpayers'
2: advantage. fans voted against having a dome, says Richie P huh okay
3: okay
0: well actually you brought up the vikings like i'm actually wondering like i mean because we know how much snow buffalo gets do you think maybe like they're worried that like you know they're gonna have like a metrodome incident where like just so much snow, snow causes the roof to collapse that
2: could be a concern but as if, well. like design but though nowadays can has changed yeah. yeah yeah but i wonder though like we when have it, the technology yeah. So yeah
3: when it comes though to like the bucks and like if they're going to build a dome i mean i don't know if the two situations are similar but like what do you think it estimated and it's hard probably to answer it but I wonder what an estimated cost would be to renovate Raymond James and put a dome on it.
2: Well, I think um, you can look this up, Nick. What did it cost Hard Rock to put the shade on? Because I mean, that's honestly what is the biggest problem with the with uh, Raymond James Stadium is just being in the sun. You know, most one o'clock games, the sun is just beating down on you. I think you could get away with just shading most of the fans would would be a good part of it. Problem with that is these stadiums with the holes in the roof. Is uh, is watching them on TV because the damn camera does not adjust fast enough between the light and the dark. I mean, right. watching games when half the field's dark and half of it's light uh, is is awful, frankly. So, I, I don't I don't know I don't know what the answer to that is. Well, but it's
3: going to be like I think, regardless of what the final number ends up being, if they go down that route, it's going to be in like the hundred millions.
2: Oh like, yeah, like, I think it was five hundred million <laughs> what they spent on Hard Rock.
0: Uh, what I found says the uh, Hard Rock Innovations cost $350 million,
3: $350 million. Okay, so privately my, funded. my point there is, and I don't know where the two correlate. Again, you might be able to answer this. We're having trouble coming up with money to potentially get a baseball stadium right, right. on this side of the bay. Public money, right. Public money. Yeah. Are we going to all just bow down to get a dome at Raymond James Stadium
2: Well, and and there's this which is going to be
3: probably half of the cost, potentially, of what a full stadium for baseball would cost. And at that point, it's like, are the two going to impact one another? Like, are we if we get if we put a dome on Raymond James Stadium, we spend all this money on this, right? Is this going to impact what the Rays are trying to do potentially in Tampa and the timelines that are going on here? Yes, that's that's kind of what I was wondering by this whole thing.
2: Yeah, you know, there's already talk about you know even in the Hillsborough County circles is, you know, okay, yeah, we, we, if we're going to have to stretch to do this for the Rays, what happens when the Bucks come calling? And, you know, not, not to be an a-hole about this, but the Bucks are way more important to Hillsborough County yeah. than the Rays are. I would assume, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, we've, we've gotten along without the Rays for this long, and if the Rays want to build in St. Pete, I get, you know, from a Hillsborough County and, standpoint. But I think also Hillsborough County and Ken Hagen, and we've said this for a long, long time, they understand the importance of this Rays stadium. It's, it's a huge deal. For this, And it will bring in tons of development and more dollars and more beds. And I think, that, and rightfully so, the Hillsborough County Commission sees this as a very good investment. It's not just giving money to a billionaire like you would be in St. Pete because you're going to have to subsidize it because of the location. Whereas if you build it in Hillsborough, you're going to get all of that, you know, so much more business from Orlando and the I-4 corridor that is exploding right now um, for the next 30, 40 years. You're looking down yeah. the road 30, 40 years if you build that stadium. And think of the things that you can do with an indoor stadium of that size in downtown Tampa in terms of concerts. I mean, put that freaking amphitheater out to death. You're
3: please. talking about a raise, right? Yeah,
2: at Rays <laughs> stadium. Because yeah. think of all the concerts you could have in that stadium indoors. Yeah. you know All the ones that happen at that awful amphitheater out there is just god-awful. You can move indoors with modern amenities and not the heat and, yeah. you know, be fantastic. And, and
3: the other thing, too, to think Especially about. Especially with a
2: translucent roof where you have stars and it yeah. feels like you're outside.
3: The other thing to think about, too, with the dome for Raymond James, and I think this is a big thing that would make it desirable, is Tampa Bay has cemented itself. They're pretty much typically in the rotation. Yes. When it comes to the Super Bowl. Yes. But going forward, it looks like they're at risk of falling out of the Agreed. rotation. Yeah,
2: because if Nashville builds their grand uh, dome there now nashville jumps in front of you as a host city for college football playoffs exactly and like and i don't know they want to go to domes because they don't want to they want to ensure the damn game gets played yeah it's to me there's money to me deal. there's
3: three premier events that having a dome and not having a dome is very impactful the super bowl the college football playoff and i think this is the third one is wrestlemania yeah because yeah. it was here it was here in 2020 and it was the COVID one, so it's not a great, but guess what? It was the first WrestleMania outside where it rained. Yeah. And they had to have matches while it was raining. I was there. I was there. It was, was, there. Yeah. It was not ideal. Can't have and that. there's no way they're coming yeah. back to Tampa right. because of that experience. Unless they had a dome. And that's a big money-making machine that whole entire weekend.
2: Yeah. No. So those
3: are the three big events, I think, that it impacts.
2: It's a great investment. But I think, you know, a, a city this size of Tampa should be... A, and, and by the way, the, the, the Glazers should... Foot the bill, like you said. that Well, was you know what? Funded.
3: What the Glazers Steve should do. <coughs>
2: the Dolphins paid for that themselves. Well, Steve you know and what and it Ross.
3: sounds like the Glazers should do, right? It means on Friday when the Qatari Sheikh said that his deadline is, they should sell Manchester United so we can get our profits in right now. Let's get the six billion or the seven billion, whatever it is that you want. Let's Cut write a check the check for the roof. Let's write the check on Friday, like right. the Qatari Sheikh wants, yep. and then you can build it, and we don't have to worry about taxpayers or the city getting involved.
2: Exactly. And as much money as the Glazers make on the NFL, they should fund it themselves. You know, Maybe a little bit of a nod from the, from the state infrastructure, whatever needs yeah. to be done. You know, pitch in, be a partner. But, yeah, the majority of the money should, should definitely come from the Glazers, absolutely, when it comes to that. So, But I think the fans would love it. I think the fans would absolutely love it. Because the Glazers are going to reap the benefits in terms of – because their lease – gives them for the outside events like college football playoff and everything everything that happens in that stadium they make money off of so absolutely they should do that all right uh we'll leave you with this quote that richie gave us from the uh the iron chic take a minute of your day to be nice to someone you dumb son of a bitch from the iron Sheik, may he rest in peace
3: how about his last ever tweet f those
2: wildfires there we go that
3: was his last tweet
2: that's you know we lost a national treasure right there in the Iron Sheik. All right, have a great day, everybody. Go Rays tonight. We will be back tomorrow with more fun and frivolity. We'll see you then.